Hello, welcome to Soberish. The could the masculine energies finish dying so I can get this nerve pain out of my neck podcast. I am here with Aaron Shade. Yes. Because it's I always ask my guest names in question um, because I'm bad at my job. But um, all right, there's a few things I wanted to talk about. Number one, we have the Patreon. Patreon is patreon.com backslash Jessa Reed. You can get $5 here is two bonus episodes of Soberish. Oftentimes shit too woo for me to say on the regular podcast. Uh, $10 tier is four general tarot readings or like pick a card readings. $20 tier is we do a weekly live video where you can sit and chat. That's a great option for those of you that just want to have a conversation about something, but don't want to pay for an actual reading. A uh, portion of that money, I, I will determine the portion so far. It's been more than I planned, but at some point I'm going to have to answer to the IRS for it. Uh, goes to helping other people going through their ascension. It's some of it went towards the, uh, Tucson meetup, whatever. So just getting donated back to the cause when it gets bigger, it's going to fund imagination project, which is going to provide services for people going through that rapid ascension that is happening right now. Um, what else? There's a discord server. The discord server is intentionally difficult to get into. I also am a stand-up comedian and I have people that follow me that are just like the fact that I drank my piss and I'm trying to protect you guys from them. So I see a lot of people complaining that they have to go through the, uh, scavenger hunt to get to the discord server. That's me protecting you. I was advised to charge you money to get into it, but I didn't want to do that because I didn't want to prohibit anyone from getting into it. You just have to put some effort forth. So you have to join the Facebook group or the Patreon to get the link and then you can get into the Discord server. And then if I put it on Instagram or, or Twitter or something, you're going to have a bunch of assholes making fun of you. So you're welcome for protecting you. Um, there's also a meetup happening in Phoenix, which is so big now that I feel sorry for Joe, who was like, hey, we're having a little meetup, like 15 people. And then I blew it up already. But it's going to be the 7th to the um, 10th in February, and those are all the details I'm going to give you on this podcast. You're going to have to track them down on the Discord server. Anyway, so I'm excited to have you here uh, today. We're going to talk a little bit about some things that are happening in the world with the death of the unconscious masculine energy. Does that resonate for you? It definitely resonates with me. I think that... Um the feminine's been going through so much shit that now it's like the balls in the other person's court a little yeah. bit. Like, um, when you have that much shadow transmutation going on, it has to be reflected in the mirroring of it to the other side. So right. it just feels like there's a, been a little bit of a lag time, but that's only to be expected just because not everything can happen all at once, basically. Right. Yeah, it felt like the feminine energies had... And I'm going to have you get a little bit closer to the microphone. I forgot to tell you that head. Totally. I felt like the feminine... It made sense to me that the feminine energy needed to wake up first and kind of step into her power and do her thing so that she could then um, hold space for the masculine. And, the you know, because the masculine was the power that be. And that's what I want to really talk about today. First of all, if you just started listening to the podcast, go back to Aliens, like season two, episode one, and catch up if you're not already familiar with Ascension lingo and higher dimensional 
or just don't listen to the podcast. Feel free to not listen to the podcast. I'm always um, totally into that as a game plan, but um, this is getting a little deep into higher dimensional stuff and I'm getting a little tired of qualifying all of it. So just go back and listen to the beginning and catch up or just, like I said, listen to literally anything else, which is what I recommend. Um, the Bible talks about, I can't believe I just started a sentence like that. The Bible talks about, we've been talking for like three hours and now I'm like, where are my words? The Bible talks about the last will be the first and the first will be the last. And that was something that just hit that just felt so true to me. And there was something about that as a time marker in our future history that was exciting to me, the idea of that balancing. And I think that's what we're really seeing happen right now. So wherever you were in the hierarchy of the old world, you're in the equivalent to the end of that. So like if you're a white dude who was financially successful and had and hot and had everything fucking handed to you and whatever, see yourself to the back of the line. And that doesn't really mean anything physically as opposed to like the energy. Um, people are having a moment that haven't had a moment in a long time. People are healing their trauma. People are stepping into their power. And a lot of this balancing of the feminine energy is because it was, you know, crushed by the masculine energy. And that doesn't necessarily across the board mean men and women. Obviously gender's dissolving so fast that, uh, it's almost hard to qualify it as that. But I think that we will see the end of billionaires and and poor people in the next 10 years. Does that feel true? I definitely feel like we're experiencing a very... Um, I think I, I just keep thinking back to... I've been tracking the eclipses through Vedic astrology. And because eclipses are always going to give you kind of like your finger on the pulse of what's being burned off karmically. And... When they switched into the sidereal Sagittarius and Gemini nodes, I knew that it was going to be important to track the Pope and the Catholic Church because a lot of what has fueled the, you know, white supremacist, imperialist, capitalist patriarchy, it has its roots in a lot of that um, oh, history. Yeah. And so... Um, I it's actually really really weird. I was meditating this time last year, and I started getting these visions of like a tower in Paris and something happening to it. And I just sort of dismissed it because I wasn't really like I don't know. It just didn't really feel like anything that important at the time. Um, but it, it cropped up a couple times in later meditations, like you know January, February, and March. And then one day in April, I was just like scrolling on Twitter, and I saw the spire on Notre Dame <gasps> oh fuck and it was just in flames and like collapsing and I realized that that was what I had seen in my meditation like I thought that maybe it was like oh Eiffel Tower or something that's like what you first think about when you think right. of like a tower in Paris obviously but when I saw the spire I was like fuck like that is so symbolic of what we're experiencing right now energetically is the because Notre Dame itself is actually like you know, a very feminine architectural, you know, it represents a lot of that divine feminine energy. But so it's interesting that the body of the church remained relatively unscathed, oh, but shit. it was the spire on top that represented kind of the, you know, like obviously like the phallic, phallic. <laughs> uh, yeah. nature of, 
And so to me, that represented like, I like to read omens and things like symbol. Like I see everything. I go about my life as if I'm in a lucid dream. Like everything around me is a symbol or a message that you can, that can be interpreted in some way. And when I saw that happening so blatantly and in front of everybody collectively, it read to me as like the patriarchal institution of the Catholic church is disintegrating um, rapidly and what's interesting, too, is that I was doing some research on Notre Dame afterwards because I was like, I need to, like, learn more about this because I just had kind of, you know, a basic knowledge about it. France is considered to be the eldest daughter of the Catholic Church. Archetypally, that's pretty interesting that interesting. you would have the eldest daughter kind of be kind of like the person on whose shoulders it is to really see this process through. And we're also seeing a lot of other things happening in France at the same time as all of this. Um, And of course, there was the French Revolution, which is a lot of what we're going through right now, kind of mirroring that energy a bit. So I've been kind of paying attention to that. I've been paying attention to, you know, just like what's going on with the Pope in general. Um, Even just this week, he like slapped a woman and people have been talking about it. And so I I think that when you... How did you feel about that? Because I had mixed feelings about the energy with which she grabbed him. I I, I would agree. I think that there's definitely like you want to protect your boundaries. Obviously, you know, the Pope has been shot at before, which is why he has the Pope mobile. You know, there's definitely a security issue there. But at the same time, you can tell that there was a short fuse at the same time. So... He's been under a lot of astrological pressure, if you look at the charts, um, at least in the Vedic astrology version of it. Um, Vedic astrologer Sam Jeppy, I believe his name is, has a whole video on it you can watch on YouTube. But um, so, yeah, when all this has been going on, like we see like in Fleabag, a lot of those motifs being visited in terms of like the role of the priest. We're seeing a lot more um, exposures happening with like pedophile priests in different countries yeah. all around the world. And so there's just a lot of like detoxing of the Catholic church going on. And it may not seem like connected on the surface to a lot of like the death of the unconscious masculine, but because so much of the white supremacist capitalist patriarchy, toxic masculine kind of energy that we're dealing with is so tied in with that. It's almost like you have to get to the root of a lot of where this has originated. And it feels like, you know, as we leave the age of Pisces, which of course was so represented by the dominate the dominance of the Christian church yeah in its various incarnations which of course kind of began with the catholic church as like the main the main g if you will yeah and then there was of course all the offshoots and stuff that happened but um it just feels like as christ consciousness or however you want to call it unity consciousness you know continues to rise you have to like clear out all of that like false um energy in it all and so that's kind of what I've been doing to track a lot of this um unconscious masculine stuff um just because you know so many wars were waged and colonizations were were waged under the pretense of it being like a divine you know christian mission wow i didn't even connect that until just now um we've been talking for so long i can't remember if this was us having this conversation or if this is a conversation i had with someone earlier today 
it might have been during a reading talking about the oh no it was you talking about atheism and then like trying to separate like your actual divine existence from all these preconceived ideas of religion or spirituality that you've been introduced to in the mainstream and everything and I didn't even think about how woven into the trauma of colonization and everything else that uh all in the name of spirituality. When it what like you look back on religion, it's just control. It's just it's the government with some flair. You know, it's nothing, nothing actually spiritual. Quite quite, it's kind of using people's desire to find their higher self, and then like kind of tricking them and being like, well, I can broker that for you. You know, and using their using spirituality as a carrot to actually control people. But I hadn't even really like so. I mean, I consciously know that it was um, a manipulation of spirituality, but I don't. Something just clicked for me, and I don't think I'm articulating it very well. Um, I ha- I feel like I have to qualify real quick when we're talking about masculine and feminine. Everybody carries masculine and feminine energy. Ultimately, I think we all end up non-binary. We're trying to get there, but we are in a transitional period where we are leaving a duality consciousness and trying to get to a unity consciousness. We're not there yet. That's a lot of the work that we're doing. And as a result, we do have to heal in the state of the dichotomies. So I just want to make that perfectly clear. Often people, unconscious people play the role of the energy. So like an unconscious, when we were all unconscious, uh, people experiencing life as a female, we had, you know, we expressed the awakening of the divine feminine in us, but also people identifying as men experienced an awakening of their own divine feminine. But, um, so kind of when we're just saying masculine, throwing that around, it's just kind of the masculine energy and the unconscious masculine energy kind of dying and making its transition to define, to its divine masculine energy. You know, I had to clear that up because a lot of times now we have to separate sex, gender, and energy. You know what I mean? (laughs) And, um, I had a reading with someone the other day who identifies as non-binary and comes from a, uh, uh, like a community of fellow non-binary people. And, and she said that um, Lola from Water Baby Tarot and I have been talking a lot about the death of the masculine. And she said that some of that language is triggering. It's difficult because there's just no other way to define it at the moment, but it's like, and also uh, that energy was toxic because we were unconscious. It's the unconsciousness that's really at the root of the issue and um and becoming and becoming conscious anyway i'm so i'm so fucking tired of qualifying things but i should just get like a 10 minute thing at the beginning like everyone on youtube does it's just like eh, readings are general gender doesn't mean anything but anyway fuck all right um so something that i have danced around i think i'm dancing around it right now that's why i'm not making any sense i have danced around for months now on the podcast and uh, have talked about it several times and then was told to take it out um and now i'm just dancing around it for my own personal reasons was moving into 60 60 is about collaboration it's about connecting is like the body of christ or whatever the fuck where everybody brings their thing to the table and in order for us to do that um was it 
Transformers that could all hook together into one giant thing, or that was some other kid's oh. cartoon? What was that? There was a, a tiger head at the top? I mean, I'm reminded of, like, um, Captain Planet, where, like, everyone had their own ring element, and then they called Captain Planet. Yeah, this is like... <laughs> I know uh, what you mean, though. It's like everybody yeah. has their own... I was just even writing about this in my divination today, where it's like... Just like every cell in the body has a job or a role it plays in the, in the right. human body, every human within the context of the human body, humanity, the collective, has a job to do, your life's purpose. Right. Now, this can have different facets to it, and it can evolve over time, but generally, I think it's a good analogy just because it, it helps unify us as one body and right. and and not and kind of really move beyond just the fact that we're like, separate like the cells aren't like oh i don't know like yeah <laughs> yeah like the, those fingers like i don't know about that that finger. one yeah like it's like tone. um so yeah i definitely feel like i've definitely been feeling the whole like soul family thing coming into contact with people who are like on your same wavelength to join forces collaborate work on projects that are going to be uplifting um yeah. the people who are going to be waking up in waves behind us i think with increasing probably intensity if i yeah. had to imagine uh -huh. um and uh because ultimately like there's only so much one person can do on their own like when you work in groups it just magnifies the energy and the intention so much more and so while everybody's individual contribution is so important, the the more that these like groups can come together as families to like really start making bigger waves, yeah, it'll be very helpful to balance out the fact that the energies are so intense that more and more people are waking up. It's like it's like they go hand in hand. Yeah, it is like as people are waking up, and this this crew of people waking up. I can't remember what I said on one podcast, but. The people that are going to wake up in 2020 who are waking up in like six months time doing what we just did in two years and doing what people before us did over the course of decades, um, they chose that path. So like when we, you know, we're having this split from people that wanted to stay strictly in 3D over the fall. There's no value judgment to them. Like they chose, you get to pick, do you want to slowly fall apart over the course of two years? Or do you want to have an intense, intense traumatic awakening, but it's done in four months. And we wanted the slow, painful 2017 to 2019. And they were like, just crack me over the head in 2020. And there's no value judgment. But when we set these up, we agreed to help them. And we also haven't even gotten to the humans yet, I don't think. I feel like this is just starseeds waking up other starseeds, helping other starseeds at this point. I could be wrong. But I feel like there feels like there's still a ton of like dead asleep sims walking around. So I don't know if they're extras in the movie or, or just, you know, humans. Um, anyway, there is a... Um, there is a lot of, I've been talking about macros, right? So there's a lot of people who have work to do that's not necessarily yours. So like, let's say in 2019, you finished your own karma, but now there's all this other karma. There's all this other energy. There's all this other garbage of shit that we've done to each other. If you spent the last 10 years processing all the times that you've been a victim, now it's time to process all the times that you've been a monster. And throughout your lifetimes, you just have. Like, we've all done all of it. 
And um, the thing that I keep dancing around is the karma of white people and what was done to people of color, all the colonizing, the slavery, the, uh, the abuse, the oppression. And as the unconscious masculine is going through this process where um, people who are currently completely unconscious are probably going to process this in a um, things they've done to feminine energies in their lives. There is a lot of karma for us to clear up of our ancestors and a popular thing in defense of white culture is to say, I'm not the one who owned slaves. I'm not the one who kidnapped them from their homes and brought them here. And a uh, plot twist. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you are carrying the energy of that history and the macro energy that I've been talking about. I'm pretty sure it's on this podcast. I don't know making too many videos so I can't remember what is what but macro is basically happening in like the dream space happening in meditation happening in just kind of your thought processes people don't people are like I don't have any superpowers and then they talk about stuff that they're doing in their imagination and it's like you're actually clearing energy but collectively right now it feels um it feels defensive it feels tender um, and I think that that's why I start to tiptoe around it is because I can, I can kind of feel as I start to get into it, I can kind of feel the energy, the pushback. And ideally in order to clear this karma, there's several physical things that you can do, but in order to clear this karma, just like open your heart space as much as possible. I say, treat everything like a relationship that's gone bad. Pretend you are in a relationship with someone you love very much, someone you feel very connected to, but you hurt them. You cheated on them. You uh, betrayed them somehow. And you honestly, truly want them back because we do. We want all aspects of ourselves to come into one, right? But we have fucked up. We've done fucked up shit. So rather than trying to defend yourself or win the argument or whatever in that situation, you would want to completely open your heart and say, what can I do to make it better? I want to listen to you while you throw things and you're mad at me because that's part of clearing the energy and I just want to hold space and I just want to be here for as long as it takes and I'm willing to do whatever it takes and then just stay in that energy is a big part of it. But it's difficult to do that because when you start to do that, when you start to truly take responsibility for something you've done wrong, there there's programming inside of you that's like, no, but if then that means I'm a horrible person. That means I'm a monster. I don't deserve to exist. If I admit that, then they'll know that and they'll leave and you'll have all this kind of programming come up. And, um, but we really, really need to, in order to clear, and that's a lot of karma. Would you agree? This is a lot of karma. I would say, just look at how, just look at how polluted the earth is. That's how polluted we are. Yeah. In, in energetically. I think, you look at those oceans that are completely filled with like plastic and trash and like have been acidified and like the coral reefs are dying. You know, you look at like Australia, the entirety of Australia is just on fire. Um, you look at what's happening with the Amazon rainforest, you know, there's all you need to do is look at how we're treating our mother. Like, yeah. And you can see how deep that wound truly goes because so much of so much of this white supremacy is so 
in is so entwined with the patriarchy. Yeah. You it's you can't it's hard to really separate them because a supremacy is inherently a hierarchical structure. Right. And hierarchical structures are inherently generally like patriarchal in nature. And so then you see that the way we treat the earth because like all this colonization stuff is about like war over resources. But if you trusted the earth to provide for you, you wouldn't be waging these things over that, that fear-based programming, you know? So it's like so much of the work is also like repairing our relationship with the earth in conjunction with all of the other stuff that's been kind of like this, the ramifications of that core wound. Interesting. That's I kind of how I see it. Because like the root wound, the root core wound of patriarchy is toxic matriarchy. Like there is an element of mother nature that is like the consuming, like, boy, we're going to, we're going to piss a bunch of people off with this. <laughs> Let's <laughs> do it. Like right. you're born from nature, but like, you're also like return for, to nature, you know, like, there's something I've been studying this year. Um, there's a lunar mansion in Vedic astrology. They're called the nakshatras. And there's one called Barani. And it's um, the second nakshatra, I believe. And it's represented by the yoni, like the womb. And it's like the portal through which we come in to this reality, basically. But the deity of the nakshatra, the lunar mansion, is Yama, who's the god of death. And this, the meaning, the deeper meaning there is that through entering the portal of the yoni, like you enter into a contract with death, like you can't escape. Wow. And so there's this primal fear of death that like, and the feminine, which is associated with that life and death duality in the secrets of nature is like so deeply entwined in like the sub, in the subconscious of this patriarchal programming, which is why you see us like raping the earth through to get the resources to use for energy it's like the same way like a narcissist will like suck the energy of the empath or whatever to get the it's like that's it's the narcissistic empath dynamic is the same dynamic at play with humanity its relationship to the earth interesting so you, when so you, that's why that's such a huge theme right now yes okay yeah it i found it very helpful to apply the as above so below like holographic concept to every single level of what it is that we're experiencing on this planet right now. And so all you need to do is look and see how polluted the earth, earth is to see how much karma we have to clean up. Like there are people, so many people on this planet right now, myself included, who are like the cleanup crew. Like yeah. it is literally a cleanup mission and the best, I mean, at the end of the day to clear, the, there's, it's one thing to clear the karma. Everybody should be doing, I shouldn't say should, but it would behoove of people who are called to do this work to, look into the best spiritual practices that resonate with you to do the energetic work, to clear the karma. That's one dimension of it. And I think it should be the foundation, whether that's, you know, I personally do Kriya yoga, which is a very powerful meditation technique that clears the karmas that are stored in the spine and all the chakras in the spine. Um, Ho'oponopono prayer is very powerful. Consider that the Ho'oponopono prayer, I'm not sure if you are familiar. I'm not. So the Ho'oponopono prayer, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that correctly. I do this thing where like I read stuff and then yes. I pronounce it in my head and I <laughs> I don't know if it's actually the way you're pronouncing it, but. That's what this um, podcast is, is me pronouncing words wrong. It's a Hawaiian prayer 
that is, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And because when you live on these islands, these smaller islands, it's so much more like imperative because of the space constraints that everybody is like functioning cohesively in the tribe society or the culture or whatever you want to call it. And so this it's, we have to apply that Island mentality now to the planet because we're becoming a globalized society, which means we're now on like the Island of earth basically. So the Ho'oponopono prayer is a way where you just repeat that over and over again, like a mantra basically towards like a situation, a person, yourself, your ancestry, pretty much anything. And by doing it, like it's a mantra, you can really start to clear a lot through that as well. Um, there have been cases of spontaneous healings. I mean, you can do the research on it. It's, there's a lot of information on it on online and stuff like on YouTube and, but, um, you can do a lot of powerful healing work with forgiveness. And I think that the Ho'oponopono prayer um, is a great way to practice that. Um, Aside from just like practicing forgiveness in general to the people in your life um, so that you can let go of that baggage. Now, that's only one part of it. Yeah. The other part of it is the material response that you do in the waking reality aside from the spiritual work you do to do the energetic work so like there's the forgiveness aspect and then there's the redemption aspect redemption to me is when you take accountability and responsibility for whatever it is that has gone wrong whether you did it yourself on a micro level or if you're doing that on behalf of your ancestral lineage or people in general, like you take responsibility and accountability and then you decide based on your skill set as a person, what is the best way that I can contribute to the collective actively from this place of genuinely wanting to repair and repair and restore relations and heal the harm that has been done on a material level. Everybody, not everybody's going to be able to be like an activist out on the streets. You know what I mean? Everybody has their own gifts. And what's important is that you find out what those are and you discern a way to use them in the service of the collective Um, because you're basically serving yourself through being, because we're all, we're all one. So it's like by serving the collective, you're also serving yourself by virtue of the fact that you are the collective. So again, it's about like, because the, I guess you could say like left-hand path or like narcissistic path or whatever is like the service to self paradigm we're entering into the service to others paradigm. Of course, now when you're an empath or whatever, you have to like make sure you have your boundaries and like you value yourself and blah, blah, blah. But like, I'm assuming that you're at a level, people are listening at a level <laughs> where like you are aware of like your tendency to maybe like be a self-sacrificing person. And 
Yeah, also, we worked that shit out in also, 2019. It's important to not get caught up too much in the guilt because that really is an ego thing trying yes. to thwart you mm-hmm. from the actual work that needs to be done. Like, yes, work your way through it. Like in the same way that you would work through victim mentality when you're like doing your healing on the other flip side of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, but ultimately, I think so long as you are doing some sort of spiritual practice that can help alleviate the karma and the ener- balance out the energetics then you'll be more free and balanced as a person because you're helping yourself too by doing that to take those actions in the material physical reality to then deliver on that promise in a tangible way. Yeah. Um, And I think having the balance between those two is really important. Like you can't just, I've met so many solipsistic people who are like, Oh yeah, I'm just gonna do my spiritual practices. And like, I don't really need to be involved in politics. I'm like, actually, Politics are your morals in action. So if you claim to be like somebody who's like serving the light or whatever, you have to kind of, in my opinion, you have to like put your money where the mouth, where your mouth is or whatever. Like you have to like do something in your life that can contribute in whatever way, big or small, make plans. You know, it's a process. Right. Um, and it can be multidimensional. Like you can, like, for example, artists, like working on your art isn't necessarily a selfish thing. If you know that the impact of that art is going to like really, truly help people. If that's your calling, go for it and do it. Like that's right. why you're here. Other people, you're going to maybe be drawn to like a more karma yoga type life where you're going out and you're being of service and you're like serving soup in soup kitchens and you're going to maybe try and, you know, be like, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and like do like active political work that kind of thing also valid it's just about determining what category kind of you fall into more or less and you can maybe overlap and then really getting real about like visualizing like your highest potential and actualizing it by taking those concrete steps to make it there yeah um and that's kind of like what I like to do is like in my work with people, I generally zero in on like, okay, where are you disempowering yourself in terms of like, you know, what it is you want to be doing and what are your core wounds that are and beliefs that are holding you back from that? Working through those to be able to create um, a foundation upon which you can be moved by spirit to be an agent of spirit, to be inspired to act instead of reacting out of a lower chakra imbalance. Yeah. There's a huge difference. This is going to be so important as things continue to like become crazy is to understand if you are reacting out of fear or anger, or if you are responding out of love and hope for a better future and a, and a vision of what we could really be doing on this planet like by all accounts we should be living on a paradise planet right and that's kind of what I'm now interested in really hammering home is like I'm so sick of like the dystopic like movies and tv shows yeah everybody wants that so goddamn like I saw this one ad on twitter that was like 
a potential ad for like combating climate change where it was like a flash forward to like 20 years from now or something and it's like these people could only go onto the surface at night because it was too hot during the day or something like that it was like some like kind of yeah. fear-mongering ad in fa- but it was like supposed to be in favor of like I forget if it was a Bernie Sanders ad or if it was just like an ad like pro like you know progressive cause I forget exactly I have to go look it up but I'm like, you realize that in making this ad this way, you are using the same tactics as a Republican would use to fear monger people into their side. We cannot play that same game. We have to inspire people to be empowered. We can't fear monger people into making the world of our dreams. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I identify as liberal in that my, my ideals are liberal. I don't identify with the idea of a government, I think for the most part. So here are the downloads that I got, the 60 downloads that I got over the fall. And that was that, um, the systems that are currently in place are in place for the sake of oppression. That is what they are set up for. That is what religion is set up for. That is what the government is set up for. That is what capitalism is set up for. It is set up so that parasites can force gods to not even force trick gods into believing that their entire life is for survival. And so that all the gods will live on a hamster wheel trying to survive while creating the reality for the parasites that don't have to do shit. We have to stop asking, well, you guys can all do whatever you want, but these are the downloads that I got. Create new systems, make the old systems obsolete. We can try to get the Democrats, I guess, or or the people playing our team to do something, but they're all owned by corporation. Like it's all bullshit. It has to go and we don't have to stop it. We just have to create new systems. The idea of like, let's get the government to provide us with everything freaks me the fuck out because every time they give you something, I don't know if you've ever had a narcissist in your life or somebody in your life who like provided you with things in order to control you. But that, that model is if they did give us this, we would just be more indebted to them. However, we all among ourselves have the ability to just provide for each other. There's literally no reason that we're not doing that. What is the reason that we save money at the end of the month instead of just fucking saying, hey, I paid my bills for the month. Who needs help? Why do we not do that? Because we think that we're trying to survive. Survival is inevitable. Abundance is actually not that difficult to hop onto. And a great way to hop onto abundance is to get rid of this idea that you have to prioritize yourself over everyone else constantly. So I'm... Some of the ideas that came up were exactly that. What if we just band together amongst ourselves and without a boss, without, without a leader, without a fucking organized anything, without even addressing them, fuck them. And then just let their systems crumble. And it seems like, well, that could never happen. If everybody's awake, if there's giant pockets of awake people, what is to stop us from just taking care of our own? And by our own, I mean humanity and then helping people get off of these hamster wheels. And it just starts with us, period, end of sentence. Like we have this sensation where we're uh, crying to this corrupt government about why are you letting the world fall apart? But we have it within us to just create a new way of doing things. And so that is a lot of like, early, early imagination project is really just kind of like everyone putting money together, 
Uh, I'll create the content. I'll, I'll provide content. You give me money for the content. We'll take the money for the content. We'll provide services to people who have just freshly gone through the Ascension. And then every time one of those finishes their process, then they're ready to get to work and then they can help people. And then those people will get ready to go to work. And everyone I know that is awake right now is like, Let's fucking get this party started. Like this is what 6D is about is coming together as one body, creating, uh, new systems and rendering these old systems obsolete. And part of what has to happen in order for that to come together is we have to clear the karma of the shit that has happened in the past. So, um, I think I wasn't as tuned into this when, the focus was heavy on what masculine had done to the feminine because I, um, I operated, I, my comfort zone was my own toxic masculinity. So I had a ton of internal misogyny, internalized misogyny was one of these, like, I don't like women, which is crazy now because I have just like, uh, I just went through a rough couple of months and I couldn't just like nationwide. I just have these strong fucking women around me, these amazing friendships with feminine energies. I've never had that in my life. I've always surrounded myself by men. I've always, uh, torn down other women talked about myself. Like I was the cool one. I had just gross, toxic, masculine energy. And so when the feminine energy started to wake up, I didn't like it. I definitely pushed back against it for a minute. I almost had a kids these days attitude when rape culture and then it's, I started to get faced with it and it was like, oh shit, I don't, this is a defense mechanism and I don't want to deal with the fact that I've been a victim this many times. And so then I kind of, uh, I kind of started to do that healing. I make some men jokes on Twitter for likes, but I don't, I didn't really spend, I don't know. I was a part of that. You know what I mean? I had a dog in that fight and now I am on the other side of it. And I, to be an intuitive white person, to be a heavily intuitive, like I am very tuned into energy exchanges. I see energy exchanges before anything else to be someone, which we all are seeing that now with 5d here to be an awake white person is so, uh, cringy right now to be out in society because I'm so tuned in to how people of color are feeling right now and so tuned in to how fucking oblivious white people are to it. I just, everywhere I go, I just, I just, I just watch exchanges and then I just want to be like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I just want to slap so many people in the face, just the fucking entitlement the, uh, just the obliviousness, just the sheer fucking obliviousness and how exasperated so many people of color are by, unfortunately I look like a soccer mom. And so when I walk into spaces, I'm just like, yes, I already know what you think I am. And that's valid. I get it. And, um, I've been very quiet on this subject because speaking of energy exchanges, when, um, I think it was Baltimore. I was living in Delaware when the Baltimore, uh, riots happened. And, uh, I was annoyed by how loud, how much space the white people took up in that conversation. And I was just like, can you just tone it down? Or like, who are you performing for right now? What is this? What is, is this? This poetry slam? What is happening here? Go talk to other white people. And that's just what intuitively felt 
right to me for balancing this out. Go argue with your fucking racist uncle about people kneeling at football games and sh- and stop taking the all the space in the room in public. And so I swore I would never I would never speak on this subject publicly. And um and then I flail every time that I do it because it does feel uh a bit much. But I know that a lot of listeners of this podcast are white. And I think that we have a lot of work to do in this uh, arena. And so I would like to see us get to work on that. And um, it is a huge part of like the next phase of moving into unity consciousness. If you are a spiritual person who says shit like spirit doesn't have color (laughs) and you are fucking white, Um, you're probably listening to the wrong podcast or probably need to examine, uh, why you're so defensive because that's, I mean, that's spiritual bypassing, which we all know I'm not a fan of. So you can't just love and light your way out of the facts of the matter, which are, we are coming out of karma and trying to get to higher dimensional reality. That is a process. There are no jump cuts. You don't just get to fucking suddenly be there. We are the cleanup crew. And we have to clean this up and we have to think about practical real world ways of cleaning that up on top of just dream space stuff and astral stuff, which is, I did a reading for someone earlier today and a lot of this came up and I was like, you're healing the ancestral karma of, uh, the colonizers. And she was like, yep, (laughs) in my dreams and my thoughts, like it's, it's weighing on me. And so that's a big part of it. Um, other things that I have gotten are about balancing these scales in the 3d reality, taking some of these resources that are just handed to us. Sorry, folks. They are, they are much easier, uh, attainable, easierly why can't I think of a word it's much easy much easier for us to attain some of these things than people who have been systemically oppressed for generations and if you have resources and you are able to balance the scale by handing some of those resources over and that resonates to you I mean it resonates to me um I As uh, we all know, take issue with the idea of hopping onto abundant timelines and then just hoarding abundance. I think it's insane. Like you figured out how to tap into abundance and you're not giving the money away. I don't fucking get it. I don't like what's the point. Nice mansion, uh, spiritual teacher fuck dick on YouTube. Who are you helping? But, you know, that's my own judgment, I guess. I think it's crazy. There's we're one. So uh, I don't have any desire to step over a homeless person to walk into my mansion. That energy exchange feels mighty gross to me. I'm also trying to live in the utopia. Like, that's all I care. I just want to get to the new world. Can we get to the new world? Yes. Well, we have to do some hard work. And that hard work involves cleaning up our side of the street. And our side of the street is fucking messy. And so I uh, am not going to list off things that I've done because it feels this is hard enough to talk about. But I think listen to your guides. I think I think in the next year, your guides are going to be challenging you to actually do something. If you're in public and a white person is treating a person of color like shit, fucking say something. If you see cops harassing a person of color, stop. 
You know what I mean? If you look like a soccer mom, they have to fucking act different in front of you. Those are just the facts of the reality that we live in. Change this fucking paradigm. You're in this paradigm. You have higher dimensional energy in you. Change it. Use that energy to change it. Am I driving you nuts? No, I okay. agree with pretty much everything <laughs> you're saying. I I definitely agree that what you're saying earlier, you know, the systems as they are, are set up for oppression and that we have to create new ways. And that's why um, I think that any anything that is being done now in the political arena, you know, to support the damage control that will help, a, you know, have the you know carnage not be as bad for the people who are most oppressed go for it at the same time we can't pretend like they are our saviors because they're not like right this is just buying ourselves time so that we can you know build our new world kind of in conjunction with this destruction that's happening on a mass scale um i would say that that's why it's the it's so important again to reconnect with the indigenous wisdom traditions and like I was kind of like tapping into with the Ho'oponopono prayer just as an aspect of that like I keep thinking back to and I know we we're talking about this before the show um I read this book by Dreamville Melchizedek called um Serpent of Light and it talked about how um the kundalini of the earth the serpent power energy of the earth switch polarities from Tibet to like Peru and Chile, like Lake Titicaca area, um, right before 2012. And it was sort of like that initial beginning of the rise of the feminine energy that we're experiencing right now. That's catalyzing a lot of all of this. And, you know, I think it's interesting how like in the Eastern traditions, there's such a focus on transcendence and getting off of this planet basically and not being attached at all and there's value in that of course but when you get too extreme in that polarity it's like you're you're trashing everything just to get out you know yeah and now that the polarity is switched it's like there's this deep impulse that we must collectively like listen to which is that we have to reroot ourselves back into the earth because you can't ascend quote unquote unless you're just as grounded into where we are right now um and so i think that a huge part of the repair is like really listening to the people who are still with us who are the indigenous wisdom keepers um and doing what we can to survive like continue help those traditions continue to survive so that we can learn how to restore our relationship with the earth because you can tell a society's balanced if it's not like all those indigenous societies for the most part i would say again i'm not going to make a gross generalization generalization but you know they were living more in connection with the earth so they weren't like everything was in balance they understood life and death as being a two sides of the same coin yeah like what i was saying earlier whereas there's this fear of there's such a fear and it's caused of, of the lack and of death and of all of this that has been driving us to this constant consumption, this capitalistic mindset of limitless growth, even though naturally the order of things is to have an ebb and a flow, you know, it's like, 
Yeah. It's like we're, we've been fighting against the systems of nature and that's why everything is so imbalanced and fucked up right now. So it's imperative that as we continue to rebuild outside of these systems that we really reconnect with the indigenous ways of being that we all have a history of white people have it too. It's just that we were cut off a lot longer ago before, which is why, again, it goes back to the whole Christianity thing where the pagan ways were stomped out. And okay. That that was a severance. There was a severance there of our relationship with the earth. And a lot of that, a lot of those wisdom teachings were lost because everyone was killed. And they tried to do that, you know, in the Americas and like they did succeed with a lot of like, there was a lot of, a lot of knowledge that has been lost, but a lot still remains. And a lot has been kind of absorbed in a kind of synchronistic fashion or a a syncretic fashion, if you will, um, with certain indigenous traditions, which is how you have like the um, Virgin of Guadalupe is very much like still tied in with a lot of the divine feminine history of the regions that like took in the Christian element, but still preserved a lot of that feminine energy. Yeah. Again, it's a complex situation. um, But I think that, you know, it's going to be really important. I think for white people in general, I think it's important that we're having this conversation because these are the conversations we need to be having as a, I just say like a white community because like whiteness itself is a construct. Like we all have our own unique lineages that are. Yeah. I'm not positive. I yeah, that we've like, all been white all the time. But yeah, like if you're here white. during the ascension as a white person, yes. you're responsible for the lineage of the white people. And you chose that when you came here, you yeah. chose to clear that karma and um because i really think that like on on the 3d we play the role of like a macrocosmic idea so like a lot of feminine energies right now are essentially in a play and they are playing the age of aquarius and the age of uh the masculine the unconscious masculines right now are playing the age of pisces and so that dance you can see in the fighting between them are you can really like on a macro that is as above so below that is the ages and when you were just talking about i was thinking about how white people uh raped and pillaged and stole and enslaved and everything else these extremely powerful cultures and full of knowledge that like we have to like go to the Akashic records to get now. Like like we took it from the planet and we took, we took the resources from the planet. And the, the, when I'm seeing that in my head, I see the white people playing unconsciousness and that unconsciousness just spreading around the planet like a plague and wiping out all of the history and the culture and the consciousness on the planet, which is all just kind of from a macro macro part of the dance of, um, and this is where people get into this either or so like macro, 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 none of it matters. It's all a dance. It's all a game, whatever. But the game right now, the name of the game is clear that karma. That's it. Like we are trying to get to a more fun game I don't know whose idea this shitty game was, but we are the cleanup crew of this game. And we are, in order to do that, you have to balance the energies. Did I do the marriage analogy on the podcast with you? Or was that us talking where I talk about the... 
husband and the wife and you've cheated oh, on the wife. I don't think so. I don't think we talked about that on the podcast. So, um, I'll edit it out if I did, okay. but this is when, when you're talking about the scales of trauma and karma, the way to look at it is if you are like a married couple and you love her so much or him so much and, um, you've hurt them, you did something, you cheated, you made a mistake or something, whatever. And maybe you thought you didn't care about them and you left them or whatever. And you want to make it up to them. Did I talk? I feel like I just talked about this in order to clear that energy. You have to really stand there in it. You have to really be in it and be honestly willing to do whatever it takes. I think I did talk about this. Maybe. But let me hammer it home. Um, So the energy that we are currently trying to balance is a long, it's dark. It's very dark. And I can feel it everywhere. I think that that's the reason I see all, like it's, it's almost like, I went to the car rental place yesterday and I was just like, Jesus, every fucking place I go, I, I hear it. I hear the lineage of these groups of people, um, being played out in, in an, in an exchange at a car rental place. And it is, if you are awake and you are aware, you have to clear it. And part of it's energetic, but a lot of it's, can be done in the 3d, but it really, really has to come from this like non-defensive place. Yes. And whenever I start talking about it, everybody listens to this podcast is so fucking awesome that it's probably not an issue until I put it on YouTube. But, um, I've had a lot of conversations with people in person where I try to explain white privilege and it's bananas to me that people don't, um, just immediately know that they have white. Pr- like I, you had to explain to me that I had been raped 30 times. Like someone had to really like break that down for me. I had to read some articles or whatever. But the first time I heard white privilege, I was like, yeah, <laughs> duh, you know, like obviously. Um, but when you try to explain to people, I did it in a podcast with some white woman and uh, who said she didn't like the idea that she had to prove herself. She now feels like she has to prove herself to people of color. And I just thought that was like gross, but also like, why is that? First of all, if you're not a piece of shit, just prove yourself. I don't know. You know, I don't take offense. I don't take offense to, I know exactly what I look like. It makes me sad. You know, makes me sad because it's like the, it's, it's, uh, it's often people I really like, like I initially like, and I have to hang out for a while for them to potentially never like open up to me. That bums me out, but I get it. If you've been raped, uh, you know, 20 times in your life, are you a little, uh, uneasy around men? You know, it's okay when we talk about it like that, but like, you can't, you don't know that as a, as a blonde woman, you're probably a triggering, uh, presence for somebody who's, you know, I just, and these are people who call themselves empaths. You know what I mean? Exactly. I was just thinking, it's like, I am an empath and I don't understand why she's mean to me. And it's like, you can't feel that fucking energy. You can't stand in a room and watch you get treated different. I think it's just in terms of us as white people, really listening to the stories of people of color. And again, listening is key. (laughs) We don't need to comment. We don't need to talk about our opinions about it. It's about just deep listening and understanding of how other people have been affected by 
white supremacy so that you can at least understand you can't understand it experientially because you're white but you can understand it through being through earnestly listening to understand about how people have been affected in all different ways um and then it again it's just about like having conversations with people who are also white in like white I guess like white um community I don't really know what's like describe like people who you who you know who are white who I think who who you feel like would be open to having conversations about this because there are certain people who who you will never convince because they've been so brainwashed yeah and the brainwashing is a problem because what the brainwashing does is it hooks people in again emotionally through the lower chakras through fear through lies through it's I see it also kind of conflated too with like the um patriotic propaganda um where people's identities are so wrapped up in being American or being white yeah that if they lose that as a valid identity or if something comes along to like besmirch that in some way it's like they have no idea who they are because they've relied so heavily on this construct. And yeah. they, that's the, it's again, it's the narcissistic pathology at play because the narcissist creates a false self that is only energized and fed by external sources because it's protecting the fragile true self that has been so traumatized and harmed. I and, like that definition of it. And so... This is why it's so why I think it's so important to understand the narcissistic pathology because it's you can again divorcing it from any kind of like um, psychological definite like um, diagnosis. diagnosis you cannot because again the last thing you want to be doing is diagnosing people as racist you know it's like that's not again it both is and isn't a mental problem you know what I yeah. mean like I think it's a bit disingenuous to say like for example when people are like saying that mass shootings aren't mental illness because I'm mentally ill and I don't shoot people. It's like true, but like, wait, people say that people say people, people defend their own mental illness diagnosis because they're offended at that. You would suggest that somebody who's shooting multiple people is also mentally ill. Okay. Interesting. I understand where it comes from because I've been through the whole rigmarole of like psychiatry and psychology and identifying as a depressed person, identifying as all these different things. But is it really a measure of health to be going around shooting multiple people in the mass shootings? I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, there's something, there's something wrong here. And I think that all of these reactionary I get again I hate to conflate like white supremacy in with all because again that they're they're all they're separate problems but they're all so deeply interconnected so it's hard to separate them out into individual things without referencing the other things but in my opinion anyway but um you know I think that it's it all comes from trauma right and it just different people it manifests in different ways 
Like for some people, for some people, men respond by coming by becoming misogynistic. But it's like you also see in the white supremacist circles, all of them are misogynistic too. It's like there's clearly a like there's a whole article I read online about like white supremacist women who were upset at the men in the movement who were like, I'm like, are you yeah. what? <laughs> I was like, are you not familiar oh, with your own demographic? This is, I, and again, it just goes to show that they're so, it's so intertwined that it's very, it's difficult to separate them into the different parts because of how connected they are to the core wounds. Right. Um, and again, the core wounds are always just, you know, like abuse and like childhood trauma and abuse and neglect and emotional dysfunction and all of this. And I think ultimately it becomes key to identify in your particular experience what your own core wounds are and working on healing those too because then you're healing your lineage through that work so you don't pass it on to other people and also by doing your own healing work it's reflected in your relationships and the relationships of people around you and your own family as well yeah and those things can really change and shift by doing the energetic work now does that absolve you from having those conversations with your racist relatives about the racism thing? I mean, I think it's worth having those conversations. Now, again, depending on the level of brainwashing, there's a there has to be a willingness to be reprogrammed. There also has to be a willingness to be in it for the long haul because you're never going to convince somebody right away. They're never going to completely change their mind in, a, in one conversation. Like I read this really interesting article a little while ago about um I believe it was like a white supremacist Christian type person who had been raised in this way and like brainwashed and how like a Jewish family like took him in and had dinners with him regularly and like eventually he like kind of began to like snap out of it and like anybody I would say listening to anybody who's been through a deprogramming process from like being involved with like skinhead type culture and that kind of thing because we need to apply that on a macro level and I think that a lot of people are really like because people are angry and hurt and still healing and the trauma is still happening every single day to people people of color um that it's it's definitely on us as white people to lead the way in our own deprogramming of the white people yeah at the same time, it's also important that we listen to the people of color as well because we can't do our job really without being fully like um, doing our own inner work on it as well. Yeah, there's a ton there's of stuff so that many, I didn't... I mean, I feel like I'm going on this such a long ramble and tangent. It is, it's, it's so just, hard to talk about. It, there's, so many di- there's, there's so many different interconnected parts of it. And I think ultimately it's like, think of like the descent of manifestation from spirit into matter. It all happens in the idea realm and then it trickles down, trickle down <laughs> economic, <laughs> trickle down energy of from idea to the energy dynamics of it through the spiritual practices into the 3D manifest form of it through the inspired action that is generated as a result of all of that prior work. Right. So really, I think having the spiritual practices is key, but it does not absolve you from doing that actual action in your reality. Right. Well, and a lot of that 
stuff took place in the 3D reality. And so um, as star seeds, fuck, I can't believe I'm saying star seeds unironically. What is my life now? As galactic being, I'm so much more comfortable with the alien angle. As galactic beings uh, living human lives, as macros, when you transmute an energy or you hack a program on the matrix, you equal thousands of humans or, you know, uh, when we were hacking codependency over the summer, like we put a massive crack in the foundation of the codependent, like love paradigm and changed the course of the human experience moving forward, people are learning words like interdependence and they're learning how to be on their own and they're learning not how to vampire people's energy. And that is really like we created that with the amount of work that we did changing that programming within ourselves. And the energy behind that was kind of different in, in that it took place in these extremely painful relationships that we kind of didn't even really realize that we were in. You know, that we didn't realize we were transmuting energy. We just were fucked up over a twin flame or whatever. But this is a little bit different in that uh, we are conscious. And I, I believe moving forward, the things that we hack, we are consciously hacking them. So that is, I know last year at the end of 2019, I was like, we're done with karma and we're done with our karma. A lot of us graduated our own personal karmic path. But there is still a lot of work to do and there is still pain and suffering, but it's a little bit different when you're consciously aware of it than when it's just happening to you. And so there is energy here to clear. And the reason I keep saying open that heart space and stay humble is because I learn things every day. I hang out a lot on Twitter. I just watch conversations on Twitter. And I learned a lot about, I'm someone who just like absorbs, um, uh, language and vocabulary from a bunch of people. And I'm someone who used to have a lot of, um, other people's culture in my, I still have a little bit, but, um, I've really backed off of using slang. That's, you know, that's not internet slang. That's actually part of other people's culture. Um, I get a little bit cringy when I see like yoga pant wearing white women, like, um, adopting other culture spiritual practice without that like energy of reverence about it you know and there is a difference I don't think you can never talk about shamanism as a white woman but like uh the entitlement it's the energy behind it you know there's a reverence there is like I don't know how to describe it energetically I feel myself not bow but just kind of like energetically take a back seat like take up we talked in at the end of 2019 about taking up more energetic space because so many of us were self-sacrificing and, and prioritizing other people and allowing other people's expectations to control us. And we were like making ourselves small. And that is a lot of the energy of the people that listen to this podcast and um, learning how to take up an appropriate amount of energetic space. And the thing that I watch in energy exchanges of white people, mostly unconscious white people, but a shit ton of fake awake white people, 
is taking up way too much space. You're taking up way too much space in conversations that aren't about, have those conversations behind closed doors or make sure that you're checking yourself for why. This is why I've, I've, I've talked about this on so many episodes. Lacey and I talked about this for an hour straight. Sorry, Lacey, I'm outing us. And then we deleted it because it was just like, who wants to listen to two white women talk about this shit? But it, on Twitter, uh, besides the downloads that I've gotten and that this is a big part of the karma that we're clearing, on Twitter, I watch. Uh, I watch white women harass, like, you follow all the like tarot readers and everything on Twitter. Have you ever watched the way that white women fucking talk to readers of color? Readers I, of color is that? <laughs> I actually, I, I'm very like just. I tend to follow like a lot of because I'm a hermit by nature. Um, being on Twitter has allowed me to get a lot of different perspectives of people that I wouldn't ordinarily meet just because I don't even like leave my apartment. You know what I mean? So I actually tend to follow like, um, disproportionately, I think like more people of color, same more women, more, um, or like more like LGBT, like non-binary, just basically people who are like not white dudes and maybe like still probably white women as well. But like, I try to follow the ones who are the, who are more in alignment with what I see being in my um personal like moral paradigm I guess um so I I try to keep the clutter of like the drama to a minimum although I have seen you know some like yeah I've, I've definitely seen some shit go down I think that like for me like what you were saying earlier about just like listening and watching has been very important for me just because I I really want to understand fully the scope of how people are feeling or get the pulse on it anyway. Obviously not that Twitter is like a barometer of like what actually exists, but I think there you can get a good amount of information, you know, in terms of how people are feeling. And, um, yeah, I think that there's just a, um, with white women, I feel like, there's a lot of defensiveness because we see ourselves simultaneously as being oppressed by patriarchy. Yeah. And it's then when we're put in the place of the oppressor, we get very triggered by that because we tend to have through the feminist progression of different feminist waves. Like we've like identified ourselves as being like the victims or what have you of that, which is why so many like black women and women of color separated from feminism and like did womanism and like all these other things because they didn't feel represented by like white feminism. And so again, it's just really about putting your ego aside. Yeah. I can like, see it the tru- pain. like it truly like, look, I, I will be, I'm the last person to say that I haven't been triggered to be defensive about certain things in my life when it's been brought to my attention and I just take it. I now learn to just take it as a opportunity to reflect in and see where am I being triggered here? Why am I feeling, you know, attacked or what have you? And just focus on how I can use it as a way to further my own healing process, which then benefits everybody else, you know, instead of just like reacting from trying to be defensive about it, which is why I think it's actually good that we're talking about this because have we probably fucked up in this conversation? 300 times. Probably. I mean, <laughs> please tell us. Like that way we can learn. Again, we ha- we can 
we're here to learn through relationship. Right. So like the more we can really, like you were saying with the 6D stuff, come into these new connections, have these conversations, these different things brew up out of them. We can filter through, we can filter out the stuff that doesn't work. We can keep the stuff that does work. What matters is that we're taking the initiative to like really get in and dig into this stuff because like I too have been kind of skirting around it for a little while. Why? Because I was still so bogged down by my personal trauma. I couldn't really like, I wasn't, I didn't have like the wherewithal, like my executive functioning was like so low. Like I like, <laughs> like I just didn't have the wherewithal, but now that I'm in a, in a more empowered place, I'm like, okay, I want to take this to another level. Like I've, I've definitely have been transmuting a lot for the collective and my ancestry and stuff like that. But I think that for me, something that I want to do in this new year is dig in because I've explored a lot of, I've learned a lot about indigenous spiritual practices just by like reading and like people who I've met who have introduced me to certain things. I'll, you know, receive that as a cultural exchange. I have experienced that. But what I haven't really done is really hooked into like my own ancestral spiritual lineage that predates the Christian influence. And I think it was important for me to tap into the indigenous stuff of the Americas first, just because I'm on that land. And also because um, it then can take out any kind of like inclination to have the ancestral thing be in any way supreme because you're, yeah. le- you're not learning it first. Like that's just how I've intuited it anyway. Um, but now I feel like I am being led to really reconnect to my own ancestral lineage of you know whatever kind of like pagan druid practices again a lot of that has been kind of like lost but I know that we're in a process of remembering so like even though things have been lost in the 3d you can when you hook into that kosh like you can really start to remember a lot of that stuff that has been forgotten so yeah I've been I think that's gonna getting abandoned here during uh Atlantis <laughs> I'm starting at Atlantis, you motherfuckers. I mean, that's definitely a huge part of it, too, because it's really we're reliving so much of that karma right now and it all hooks in. That's why when you when you talk about these things, you have to have the multidimensional perspective because there's so many different aspects of what's happening right now that it feels so incomplete to talk about one aspect of it without factoring in the all the other aspects of it. But of course, you have to also give each aspect its own individuated attention like you would any child in a family you know so yeah. it's like you have to kind of keep that balance so thank god we all have ADD I think exactly so, <laughs> I talk to people who are like uh, when I was a kid my number my brain was crunching numbers at all times and like comparing things and cutting words in half and moving the words aside and analyzing song lyrics like my brain was doing all this constant like processing until I got to school and then I was like fucking not listening to any of this but I think it's because we've had a lot of us have these multidimensional brains and I really want to see us get away from either or like this is like the 3D is really hung up on proving things. And I'm like, you're going to prove anything. There's a timeline where everything exists. Quit trying to figure out what is real. Uh, everything above 3D isn't physical. So uh, you're just going to sit around and argue about what is real when the rest of us are hanging out in higher dimensions. But all of these things, I see the higher dimensions as like Photoshop layers on top. So you and I are having a conversation and the conversation is what it is. And then 4D 
is you and I are hooked into a, like a, a, a mental network that we are. So like if you're bullshitting yourself saying, I got to, I use this all the time, but I got to break up with my boyfriend and you're telling me these like logical 3d reasons for why you have to break up with your boyfriend. But in the 4d, I can hear you or feel you the subtext if you bullshitting yourself. And then in the 5d, we're having an energy exchange and you are, uh, you know, um, maybe I am trying to force you to see the truth when you're not ready to see the truth. Maybe you're trying to get validation from me. So you're pulling energy from me. Um, all of these things exist. So like, yes, we are having this, this conversation in the 3d, but there's all these other things at play and we haven't even gotten up higher to where it's actually part of you and I playing uh, a role to clear karma for some other thing. And that, that are our higher, higher avatars are playing out. They're essentially playing Barbies, you know, with our, with our 3d avatars, everything is everything. That was like the first thing the aliens ever told me was everything is everything exists and everything is everything and stop trying to pick either or because either or is an illusion. Try to figure out how all things exist. And so sometimes people will message me. It drives me fucking nuts. Spiritual people drive me nuts. Not like truly awake people, but like I read the love and lighters come across and they're like, um, excuse me, it's actually this. And it's like, are you, it's actually me about something it's probably both. Everything exists. Everything is, everything has like, we can discuss the duality of a situation and also simultaneously know that duality is an illusion. You know, it's a lot of times people want to spiritually fucking bypass or like correct people and be like, yeah, I don't, uh, I just exist up here in the higher dimensions and I don't mess with that. And it's like, well, thank you for abandoning earth before the work is finished because we actually have duality to clean up here. Duality still exists. So until it ceases to exist for everybody, you're just not working. That's what you're telling me is that you're fucking lazy. So we'll hack the matrix and you go hang out in fucking 60, uh, and, uh, actually 60 still has some of it, but, um, this was awesome. I feel like I've been talking for five hours cause I have, you do readings, right? I do. Yes. Tell people where to find you and your readings and what kind of stuff you do. So I am a psychic medium Oracle and I also am a writer as well. So I like to approach my readings as if, um, people are on their like hero's journey or heroine's journey and, um, infusing kind of like a a flare of like taking the pen back and like rewriting your story basically uh, I love that. um and because I went to film school I didn't like I didn't know I was a medium until like a few years ago so I have a degree in screenwriting and I sort of apply that also into my um uh work as an oracle and I work primarily with the tarot I also am clairvoyant and clairaudient all whatever the clairs um channel messages from your guides and spirit in general I tend to work with um I'm not like I don't really consider myself a fortune teller I think at this point it's even most people would say like it's harder and harder to kind of predict the future yeah it's like well on this things timeline, are changing this so much like yeah I can I can predict the future potentialities based on the energy of the current moment and then you can decide if you want to like keep that energy going or make shifts or whatever. And like, you know, you can get good results from that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested in working with people who are, you know, looking to reclaim 
sovereignty over their lives and empower themselves to actualize their highest potential and their soul's mission on this planet, which I believe everybody has. Um, and yeah, I'm at um, Aaron Shade on Twitter. Um, I'm also at Aaron Shade Oracle at, on Instagram, and I post daily um, energy updates like channelings of a two card reading most every day. Um, and sometimes I post other things too, um, just like musings and things that, that I'm feeling about the moment. And so if you are interested in getting my style of like how I communicate, you can read those, which I post every day. And, um, and yeah, my website is aaronshade.com. And I'm trying to think of anything else. Um, yeah, I just think it's important that we really reconnect with the mythic side of life. Yeah. Um, I think that the more we can really lean into, um, like, I think especially women, the heroine's journey, there aren't a ton of, there aren't a ton of representations of that in the media because it's like a, a strong female character is not the same thing necessarily as like a, a person on the heroine's journey. It's, a, it's right. a specific archetypal blueprint, but the archetypal blueprint of it is about restoring harmony of between the masculine and the feminine. Wow. Like if you look at the commonly accepted wheel of that story, it mirrors very much the descent of the goddess, the, you know, Isis or Ishtar, what have you into the underworld. And then meeting the goddess and rising again, reconnecting with the feminine, reconnecting with the masculine, healing those two and balancing out. So we need to accomplish that on a macro level. So the more people can live that, archetypally through their own lives in the whatever depending you know we we live the, it's a spiral so like right. we go through these spirals constantly so the more you can like kind of hook into that and understand where you are kind of on the, on that spiral and like work with it to really boost your evolution in a conscious way the more you can harmonize those forces within yourself and the more you can see that reflected in the outer reality which is what we really need right now yeah um and yeah, so much of it has to do right now with healing the the masculine, the toxic masculine, and patriarchal piece of power and all that stuff. Yeah, I feel like it is, um, it's underway. I definitely, um, I guess I should talk about that for a second. If you have unconscious people in general, so we don't have to like point this, but it, probably people who um, operate more in their masculine energy, since that's a lot of the unconscious energy right now, um, they're probably being mean and short and distant and um, overreacting or projecting. If you're experiencing any of that, try to keep in this is a good time to like hide your consciousness when it started to happen to masculines that had access to me at the time uh before I even like ran into this person my the alien said it's happening hide your consciousness in the sixth dimension and I was like what the fuck does that mean and then I got into a 3d situation that seemed designed to hurt me and I, it worked and I was immediately triggered and really upset. And then I was like, oh, this is what's happening. 
because this is out of character for this person and uh, this is designed to hurt me, but this is a person in their death process. And so I just went to the sixth dimension and from the sixth dimension, if you don't know what that means, it's just, it's, it's the, uh, it's the set of senses, right? And so the sixth dimension is about all of us being one. And, um, when people are unconscious, you are a mirror for them. You are serving as a mirror so that they can work out their own salvation. And, um, sometimes they're going to have to hurt you in order to do that. That doesn't mean let people hurt you. I definitely never saw this person again after this, but I was able to like stay in kind of an energy of like compassion or whatever, because, um, I was looking at things from the sixth dimension. And then last night, once again, uh, I got that exact same narrator said the exact same thing. It's happening. Hide your consciousness in the sixth dimension. And I almost tweeted it, but I'm not quite ready to be that balls out crazy on Twitter. This war, quote unquote war, what, anything that happens. And I was trying to hammer this home. I feel like I've said hammer this home. Am I 70? Um, I tried to get this point across before it started, but a lot of what's happening for the next six months, but especially the next three months, ignore it. I mean... Don't buy into it. Don't buy into the fear. You're not in the washing machine. Okay. You're in a, you're in a different process right now. Let the washing machine be the washing machine. Let people play out their karmic, tragic, whatever. We're here to heal the earth. That's it. We're healing the earth. We're on the timeline where, where we fix everything and that everything heals and is good. There are people burning out some, some, um, really dark timelines. And there was a reason that there was a split. There was a reason that we separated from people that we care about who wanted to stay in this, in this karmic cycle. There's a reason. And that is because they're going to play out some dark shit. Try not to take it personally. Try not to involve yourself. I know in the Facebook group, people were already like, so-and-so's in pain. How do I help them? It's like back off death process, death process. It's not going to be fun to watch. Imagine watching someone you love die in front of you. That's what's happening right now. Let that energy do its thing. Let it, let it, uh, have its transformation. It's not going to be pretty if they play it out, um, with this world war, just like, don't buy into the fear stuff of it. We're not going to get nuked. Like just, um, even if we do, we're energy, we will still exist. There are a million other timelines, but, um, just you be aware of it just pay attention to whether or not you're plugging into it. Okay. Cause that's not the game you've chosen to play. You didn't choose the rapid painful ascension of 2020. You chose the other one. So like why suffer the pain of what they've like they chose? That's all. So I, um, I acknowledged it last night because I wanted credit for predicting it, but then, um, I feel like I freaked a couple people out. And so there's just nothing to freak out about and don't, and same thing with, with the death of the mask, like look at it from the sixth dimension perspective, which is, this is the unconsciousness is dying. The unconsciousness is going through a death and a rebirth process and just take it as that, like, just, you know, this is what, this is what energy acts like when it's, uh, going through this process and try not to like your energy is very powerful. And so don't point your perception at something you don't want period in any area of your life. You can, you know, I'm not saying you have to be endlessly positive always, but just be careful what you're subscribing to. This is like my hesitancy with, with talking about the, um, I don't feel it first of all, but uh, people are talking about the recession that's coming 
And I'm like, well, I mean, capitalism's going to collapse, but uh, recession just triggers me back to the the crash. And I didn't even know what the economy meant before the crash happened. I was like 30, 30 and um, had been on drugs for most of my 20s. And so I had just gotten into society and I didn't pay attention in school and don't pay much attention to the world I live in, period, you know, from a mainstream point of view. So I had no idea what it meant. And then uh, I just watched news, which I never do because it's so fear mongering. And then I got, I just, I plugged into it. I plugged into that game and I had the most anxiety ridden couple of years where I couldn't even manifest reality. I remember being at the gym and they had TVs pointing at the treadmills, but pumping information about fear and lack and fear and lack. And I remember noticing that when the commercials were on, I could run and then when the news would come back on, I wouldn't be able to run anymore. Like I was watching this energy exchange. And that was the decision that I made to like, there's a million games happening at all times. And, you know, there are collectives plugged into all of them. And you get to decide what one you want to be plugged into. Just don't plug into the fear-based ones. You can watch it happen. You can recognize that other people are living in that. Now, that's macro from the micro uh you know, Americans are fucking over brown people again. And, uh, there's energy there. If you want to pay attention to energy there, you can, you know, use this as an opportunity to clear out some of the energy of, uh, other times that Americans have fucked over brown people in war efforts. And you can also, if you want to plug into that in the 3d, I don't know what else would be helpful. Uh, helping control the narrative, you know, helping with the narrative, uh, collectively, I saw a lot of people on Twitter today kind of like making sure you got white people on here just being fatalistic, like World War Three, as if it ever comes to our, you know what I mean? We had 9-11, that's it. And it's like how many people were killed, civilians were killed uh, in other regions as a result. And so you can be an agent of truth because the news certainly isn't offering that up with patriotism and shit. So um, anyway, that's uh, glad I could bring that full circle. Uh, if you want a reading, it's jessareed.com. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at jessareedcomedy. Am I doing comedy? If you live in L.A. or the L.A. area, please come to the show that I'm doing on January 28th above the Sycamore Tavern. I will put that on my, um, I think it's the 28th, it might be the 25th. Hold on. Yes, 28th Sycamore Tavern Dojo, I think it's called. Um, I'm doing a 45-minute set. If you live in L.A. and you've been trying to come out and see me, every other show in L.A. is fucking 10 minutes. So if you want to see me do a headliner set in L.A., this is probably it. So um, come out to that. I'll get that up on my schedule soon. I know I'm coming to Cincinnati in April. I'm going to actually book some comedy like a comedian um, here soon, but seriously join the Patreon. That's all I care about right now. Just join the fucking Patreon and, uh, have a good night.